Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg. He's Steve. Good afternoon, Steve. How's it going? Uh, pretty good with me. Um, it's already evening here, of course. It's 10 p.m. Uh, as we are recording this for me. Uh, 4 p.m. for you. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's I'm, I'm having a pretty good week. Um, I actually spoke to Carl Henriksen uh, this week, which was very interesting. Um, I had an interview with him. Um, I was able to ask him some questions. So it was, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, other than that, you know, work. Because um, uh, contrary to popular opinion or belief is that I actually do have a job, despite all the traveling. Um, now, work's, work's been, uh, been, been taking up a lot of my time the last few weeks. But it's, it's settling down a bit. So that's good. I didn't know you had a job. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. But see, people always ask me jokingly, do you ever work? Because I'm always traveling. But uh, a very simple answer to that is if I wasn't working, I wouldn't be able to afford all the time. But yeah, um, I have a job. It's a great job. It's the reason I moved to Vienna. Um, And I get to travel a lot for work and mostly actually to countries where they play hockey at a very high level czech republic finland sweden uh, so yeah um i haven't since the world juniors uh, i haven't really traveled to see a hockey game um but yeah in six weeks i'm going to new york to uh, to watch some games which we discussed last week um so yeah it's been it's gonna be a quiet month and a half for me travel wise which is nice i get to actually explore the city where i live for once yeah Rangers recap. Yeah, the Rangers played three games. Uh, They're playing another one tonight, actually. They're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, So we won't be able to discuss that since for us it's still in the future. Um, but yeah, what we do know is that Igor Shashjorkin will be playing, which I think a lot of Ranger fans will be happy about. Um, we beat Detroit twice, which, like last week, I said uh, we're gonna we're gonna get two points out of those four games, and I was wrong. We beat the Detroit Red Wings twice, so ha ha. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it, the second game was uh, was a dud. Um, yeah, um, the, the the yeah, we'll, we'll we'll discuss it later. But yeah, the Rangers are out of a playoff position. I think we can we can all agree on that now. You think so? Yes, I- I'm saying that sarcastically. Oh, okay, no, no. Well, <laughs> honestly, I don't know anymore because you know people people are people never have faith uh, faith. Unless it's about the Rangers making the playoffs, then anything is possible. So, yeah, that actually is pretty accurate. But the Rangers are currently sitting at fifty-four points, um, and I think the wild card spots are um, the Islanders and the Flyers at sixty-six and sixty-five. Oh wow! So they would have to make up eleven points. But aside from those two teams. Um, they also have to pass the Carolina Hurricanes, the Buffalo Sabres, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's not it's not like they have to make up eleven points for to pass one team. They have to pass five or six teams to reach the wild card spot. So that's not happening. But let's uh, let's quickly go to the uh, Rangers recap. Yeah, so let's talk about the two Detroit games. So uh, so give me some insight on that. Um, well, the uh, the first the first uh, Detroit game uh, it was a home and home as they call it, which I I, I cannot get used to that. Sorry, it's just uh, it's it's 
it makes no sense to me. But uh, the first game was on um, Friday. Um, Rangers beat the Red Wings 4-2. Uh, all in all, was a pretty good game from from a Rangers perspective. If you watch the game and you know you're happy that the Rangers win, uh, Pavel Buchnevich scored a goal. Uh, the other goals were I think Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad. Um I mean the the whole team just uh, you know it just it just worked. It clicked. Um, Panarin with two points again. Zibanejad with three. Um, Shestjorkin. Who who made I think twenty three or twenty four saves. He had a pretty solid game. So yeah, the the, the first game against the Red Wings was a f- yeah a relatively easy victory, but it's not something to be happy about if you realize how bad the Red Wings are. Right. These aren't the Red Wings that made the playoffs twenty five seasons in a row. These are the Red Wings that have been in a rebuild for the last four or five years. And it has not been a good rebuild. Um, they have some nice players, but um, yeah, can you really be be happy when when you only have a top line? I mean, that's that's basically it. They 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 are there in the same position as the Buffalo Sabers a few years ago. So I don't I don't really think the four two win and then the the second game where we had a a one 0 win. Is, is is reason to be optimistic, but that's what fans uh, do. Uh, understandably, of course, you win two games in a row and you're like, oh, maybe we can actually make the playoffs. Um, yeah, the second game, I think the uh, the most noteworthy thing was Chris Kreider getting hit in the head by Zidanejad's knee, not on purpose, of course, but uh, it was very unlucky. Um, and... Yeah, I know it's still early. I know there's still three weeks to go. But if the Rangers are are have made up their mind that they're going to trade him at the deadline, just sit him. Just I, I agree with that. Just sit him. Don't risk injuries because what's the point? Um, so yeah, he was he was day to day for the Dallas Stars game, which we'll go over in a minute. Um, but yeah, I think I think Chris Kreider has played his last game as a Ranger. I don't think they're going to risk playing him, or I don't think they're going to play him and risk him injuring himself three weeks away from the uh, trade deadline, which I think is on the twenty fourth, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, that I'm not sure about. I have to go look that. Might be right though. I think it is twenty fourth. Correct. Um, but yeah. Uh, the second game, it was a 1-0 victory against the uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, well, what else can I say? I mean, it was a power play goal, which in itself sounds like a good thing until we get to game number three, which is against the Dallas Stars. And we, we actually discussed this. There are some things that happened in that game that I personally uh, was a bit upset about. Um, of course, you score three power play goals, which is great. Uh, Butchnevich, Howden, Lemieux. Um, the last four goals the Rangers scored were all on the power play. It's, it's nice. It's nice to have a power play that's actually clicking for once. Um, but now we get to what I like to call my, uh, my complaints about the Dallas Stars game. <laughs> Go for it. Um, because... The Dallas Stars reminded us all that they are not the Detroit Red Wings. And the Rangers just aren't... This was a game where you could tell that they aren't a playoff caliber team. And to me, this was a game where where it was perfectly, you know... This was a game where it was perfectly clear that if the Rangers make the playoffs, it's a first-round exit. And I'd be surprised if they even win one game. Right. If the Rangers squeak in in a wild card position and they play against the Washington Capitals, don't don't be surprised if they get swept. And I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, but it's good experience for all the young players, this and that, blah blah blah. How good of an experience is it if you're if you are embarrassed four games in a row, or let's just say you win one and you 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 lose four out of five games? Is it really a good experience? No, not at all. Not at all. I completely disagree with that, with that logic. Um, but yeah, now we get to my gripe. Um, 
And that was actually not a player, but our coach. Um, not as much as the gripe I had on New Year's Eve against the oh, what, did, what, did, what did Quinn do this time to piss you off? Well, not necessarily to piss me off, but he should be more, uh, more careful, I think, when it comes to uh, challenging plays. Because, as you know, over the last few years, when, whenever you challenge the play, there was no risk, you know? Best case scenario, the goal is overturned. Worst case scenario, it isn't. And the NHL, I think last year, changed the ruling uh, that if you, um, if you lose a coach's challenge, you actually get a delay of game penalty. Because the NHL thought that a lot of coaches were using the challenge just to get like a free timeout. Um, so yeah, the the Rangers challenged a play where um, Pavelski scored on the power play, and the Rangers, Quinn, and I think also Lindy Ruff thought that uh, the puck went out of play on the previous shot, where it hit the it hit the the the, the crossbar, and they they thought it hit the netting. But after review, it turned out that the puck never hit the netting. It only hit the glass, so it stayed in play. Got it. Which means power play goal for the Dallas Stars, uh, Joe Pavelski. And then the Dallas Stars went on the power play again. Um, so, yeah, I think coaches in general need to be a little bit more careful when it comes to the coaches challenge, which I think is I think the coaches challenge in itself is is not a bad thing. But uh, they I, I, li- I like it, actually. I like the coach's challenge. Uh, but I also understand why the NHL had to step in. Because I think since the coach's challenge was introduced, out of the, f- out of the, the 120 coach's challenges, only 35% were successful. And that's why they stepped in and changed it. Um, that's a minor gripe. Um, I don't think it would have... I don't think it changes the outcome of the game at all. I think the Dallas Stars were the better team anyway. They would have they would have won. It's not like the Edmonton Oilers game on New Year's Eve where I feel we actually had a chance to, you know, we were in the game. And here against the Dallas Stars, we were never really dominating shifts. Yeah, that's uh, fair. We were. But yeah, we lost against the Dallas Stars. It is what it is. Um and now we get to the point where the Rangers are playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight with <clears throat> Igor Shesterkin in the net. And a lot of fans are, of course, um, disappointed because they would love to see Georgiev against the Maple Leafs. Um, but, you know, there is still a, a, a possibility that before the game starts tonight, he will play, but only for the other team. I don't think it's very likely, but... I, well, I, was, I was just going to ask, what are your what are your percentages on that actually happening? They weren't very high until Frederick Anderson was ruled out with an injury, and they had to call up Michael Hutchinson to be in net. No, no, sorry, they called up a Finnish backup goalie, and Michael Hutchinson is playing tonight. Sorry, they didn't call up Hutchinson, but Michael Hutchinson is now their starting goalie. And. Oof. And, and this is a team that has great offense. They have Marner, they have Nylander, they have Kappen and Matthews, uh, Tavares. On offense, they're one of the best teams in the league. On defense, that's a whole different story. Now, if you put Hutchinson in that net, oof, they, they might not even make the playoffs. So maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs are forced to pursue a deal for a goalie sooner than the deadline. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe it's not even Georgiev. Maybe they, they want to, you know, negotiate with the Vancouver Canucks for uh, Thatcher Demko. I don't know. But if Georgiev goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, there is a pretty good chance that this situation that, that unfolded now in Toronto will uh, speed up the process. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I, I, I mean... I don't know the chances of him getting traded tonight. That would be wild, but I, I, I still think he's gone. Can you can you imagine? Because he well, he won't be the backup because the Rangers have this system where Henrik Lundqvist is never in the press box. He's either starting or he's the backup. 
and yeah. the, the two Russian kids are only the backup if Lundqvist is in net. Yeah, that's that's true. So he won't be playing tonight. He will be in the press box. But can you imagine the the scenario where he walks into MSG and he is told you're playing tonight, but it's the other locker room. <laughs> um, so yeah, interesting to see but you know when people listen to this the game has already been played so yeah it's a moot point to uh, to discuss this for the for for the episode we're recording right now but yeah we'll see what happens with Georgiev um, yeah who knows who knows what's gonna happen so let's uh should we do you want to um go back through the games anymore any more any more game stuff or should we get into like um some of the trade talk stuff um I mean I, I think we've said everything we wanted to say about the games um okay. two easy wins and uh one expected loss let's put it that way I mean uh, yeah I mean are we expecting anything other from this team other than what we just got the last three days no um I don't think. Uh, let's put it this way. I'm not disappointed with the performance they put up and the results they've gotten out of the last three games. If you would have told me they get four points out of two games against Detroit and one game against Dallas, um, I'd be happy with that. So it's it's. it's they and, didn't, I, and I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy to say they beat you know to beating Detroit twice. Detroit is is an absolute tire fire. They're horrible. Uh, yeah, um, I just, I just, I just didn't see the Rangers winning back-to-back games, but it happened. I mean, they're also a really bad, like they're a really, really bad team too. So, and I think it was Lundqvist's first shutout of the season. Oh, was it? I think so. Yeah. Mm, okay. Let me let me let me quickly look that up. By the way, um, I didn't know that was his. Uh, I didn't know that. That's that. Kind of breed some new information to that, but I mean, look, the team is the team is bad. I think we can all agree on that. I don't think it's, I don't think anyone is saying anything outrageous by this team being bad. And that, like, do you expect them not? You do? Do you expect them to beat Dallas? I sure as heck didn't. Look, I wouldn't say the Rangers are bad. Um, the Detroit Red Wings are bad. The Ottawa Senators are bad. The New Jersey Devils are bad. The Rangers are mediocre. Well, they're not. They're not good. Let's put that. No, way. they're not good. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that they are bad this season. They're inconsistent. Um, they are mediocre. If you look at you know like the overall performance throughout the season, I would. I would consider them. They are mediocre. Um, some players are having a great season, like D'Angelo and Fox and Panarin and Zibanejad and. I'm gonna put Strom in that in that in that uh, group as well. Oh man! No, Strom is having a good, having a good season. Yeah, he is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You, not, not did anyone experience. expect Strom to be a point per game player? Hell no. No. So he's having a good season. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I I didn't expect that out of him. So look, they are they, they they are. You know what it is? They are who we thought they are. That's what it is. Oh, that, that 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 reminds me of uh, what is it? Was it the Cardinals coach? Yes. Yeah, who <laughs> thought they were? We thought who we thought they were. Exactly, and, and we let them off the hook. They're exactly what we thought they are—a a <laughs> mediocre to bad team who's got a, you know two high-end talents and a lot of young players, and that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up quickly, by the way. The um, the shutout for Henrik Lundqvist was his first one in uh, two seasons because he didn't have a single shutout last season. Well, I mean, how could you have a shutout when you have a defense like that? So uh, I was watching Joel Lundqvist play uh, yesterday. Okay. Which I'll go into more detail on later. But did you know that Joel Lundqvist and Henrik Lundqvist are tied for points in the NHL with 26? <laughs> That's funny. Yep. <laughs> Goalie Henrik Lundqvist has as many NHL points as his brother Joel, who was a center for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, that's kind of wacky, isn't it? That's that's pretty crazy. But yeah, let's move on to uh, some trade talk. It's time for trade talk.
so so Kreider linked to, to, to St. Louis. What do you think about that? Um, I always thought St. Louis was a good uh, a good destination for him with the Tarasenko situation. Um, but they've played well without Tarasenko, though. Yes, but the Tarasenko situation allows them to get stacked for the playoffs. I explained this last week. You know, I I could see this uh, turn out uh, turn into a Antoine Vermette scenario that the the Blackhawks had in 2015. Mm. Um, for those not familiar with what happened at the time. Patrick Kane was injured. He was on injured reserve. The Blackhawks traded for Antoine Vermette, who played for the Arizona Coyotes. By the time Patrick Kane was back from injury, the playoffs had started, and there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So technically, throughout the whole playoffs, they were over the salary cap once Patrick Kane was back. Um, the scenario for St. Louis this season could be similar where Tarasenko is on IR until the regular season's over. They trade for a guy like Kreider. And then when the playoffs start, they, they take Tarasenko off of IR. And they can, they can run with Tarasenko on their top line, move Kreider down a line, and they'd be stacked. They, they, would, have, they would have probably one of the, the best top nine in the West. They probably would, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't hurt them cap wise. So I think that is a that is a an interesting scenario to look at for the uh, reigning uh, cup champions. You still think now? Do you still think there's a chance that he might go to Colorado or might go to Boston or any of those still in play? You think still? I think Boston's always uh, a likely scenario. Boston is a contender, so they will always be looking for a way to strengthen their core ahead of the playoffs. Uh, Colorado, I don't know. How how convinced are they in Colorado that they can make a run this year? This year? Well, I, they, that's a good question. I mean, do they I'm have... Not, I'm, I'm not as convinced. I still think they need some more grooming. Yeah, so I think Colorado might be less likely than St. Louis or Boston. That's fair. If you look at their situation, St. Louis, look, they won the cup last year. They hosted the All-Star Game this season. They have every reason to go all in at the deadline. This is, you know, this is their year. 2019, 2020. This is this is this is their chance to go back to back. Can you imagine a team not winning a cup for 50 years and then winning back-to-back cups? Yeah, that would be pretty wild, man. Which quick detour, by the way. Um, can we talk about how how crazy the the four reigning champions in the in the in the big four sports are? The Toronto Raptors in the NBA first championship ever. Yep. The Kansas City Chiefs first Super right. Bowl in fifty first, years. Yep, first one in five decades. Yeah. Yep. The St. Louis Blues first Stanley Cup ever in like fifty plus years. And the Washington Nationals, who won the World Series, first ever. How long have the Washington Nationals been been? How long have they been like in existence? Um, they haven't been in existence that like, long, but, they, but they were. They were um, before they were the Washington. Before they were the Washington Senators, they were the Montreal Expos. Oh, yeah. okay. so they've been around for a while in that sense because before they were the. Before they were the Washington Nationals, they were the um, they were the Montreal Expos because they they relocated from Montreal. So technically, so, yeah. So technically, yeah. So so were they the Washington Senators, then the Montreal Expos, and then the Washington Nationals? No, they were they were the Montreal um, the Montreal Expos were, if I remember correctly, I think they were I'm trying to think now. I. I looked it up. The Montreal Expos were founded in 1969. So they've been in the league for more than 50 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. So we have three teams winning their, their, winning their championship for the first time in 50 years at least. And the Toronto Raptors, they've been in the league, I think, since 95? Yeah, because the, the, the Expos came in, what, 69 was it? I think it was the same year that the Mets came, if I remember. Right. I know that the Mets won the World Series in '69 because yeah, of and I think that and I think frequency. that was right around the time the Mets came. And the Mets came in the '60s, yeah. and so um, 
yeah, the, I think the New York Mets came in the, I, I think it was, I think that was their, their, was it their inaugural season? Was it in 69? I'm trying to remember now. I think it uh, might have been. Look, the only reason I know that the Mets won the World Series. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. That's right. They won, they won, the, they won the World Series in 69, and they came yeah. in like the early 60s. Like, I want to say 63 or 62 or something like that, right? Look, the only reason I know the Mets won the World Series in 69 is because of a movie called Frequency that came out in like 2000 or 2001. Uh, have, you, have you ever seen the movie? No. Oh, all right. Um, it's a movie about a guy who finds the old uh, uh, radio that his dad used, who was a firefighter, and then because of a magnetic field, he's actually talking to his dad all the way back in 1969, and he's trying to convince his dad that it's real by telling him like what's going to happen in the Mets baseball games. Yeah. And, and then later on, he's trying to, you know prevent his dad from dying in like this this weird like warehouse fire or something it's it's not a bad movie anyway I, that's the reason i know the uh, the mets won the world series in 69 because that's 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 one of the big themes in the movie got it well yeah so like i said the, the anyways the washington the washington nationals were originally the montreal expos and the, the expo started i think they came in like 69 70 something like that mm -hmm. And then they, they left in like the mid 2000s and then they relocated to Washington and they were renamed the Washington Nationals. Yeah. So we have the Raptors, the Nationals, the Chiefs and the Blues currently holding the championships in North America. Yeah. I mean, that, they're, good. They're, good. they're all good teams in their respective ways. It doesn't surprise me. That's pretty crazy. Um, and I think it's also the first time that the Super Bowl champion and the Stanley Cup champion are from the same state. That is interesting. Yeah, the state of Missouri has actually got some really, uh, it's got some fire right now. Um, so yeah, if, if this, if just, just circle back to what we were talking about. I think the St. Louis Blues have every reason to go all in at the deadline. Yeah. They they, yeah. they they just come off one of the one of the one of the, the best Cinderella stories ever last season, where they were in last place at New Year's, and then go on to win to win the whole thing, which was their first Stanley Cup. The whole story with the little girl Layla, you know, everyone loved it. Um, yeah, that was a cool story. I remember that. That was an awesome story. Yeah. So if they go all in at the deadline and they go after Kreider, it's probably the best move they can make. Yeah. The question is, what are they willing to give up? Because I don't think you're getting a roster player uh, plus a first-round pick for Kreider. Well, I wouldn't ask for that. I, I want a prospect, and then I want a, a first-round pick. I want a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, but I want a good prospect. I don't want a meh prospect. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that depends on how many teams are interested, and because that would drive the price up. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's move on. Like, do do you want to talk any anything else from from Kreider to St. Louis? Think anything else we should talk about with that, or should we talk about Lundqvist and? Well, the Lundqvist and Carolina stuff is pretty interesting. Yeah, so touch on that a little bit because I think a lot of people don't know, uh, or don't so know how was, real that is. It was or, actually uh, it it showed up on uh, on on different uh, outlets an hour ago. Um, there's a beat writer and and. I have to be perfectly honest. I thought it was a parody account because the guy's name is Dick Lund. But apparently it's, you know, he's like one of the one of the people, one of the beat writers of the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. And apparently the Carolina Hurricanes are very interested in trading for Henrik Lundqvist, um, who, as we all know, has a no-move clause, so he would have to waive that no-move clause to make that happen. I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either, but at the same time, I never rule anything out. And former Rangers captain Ryan Callahan actually weighed in on, I think he was interviewed on TSM. Mm -hmm. And his opinion is that Lundqvist should waive his no-move clause to go to Carolina to go for Well, it. should, should. I mean, a lot of people think he should because this, this team is not going anywhere anytime soon. And if he wants to win a cup... Um, he's not going to win it in New York. Hell no, man. That, that team's not winning a cup anytime soon. At least and not in the next not not in the next two years. They're not. It 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 would be it would be a story if it if it if it goes through and he would win a cup. It would be a story even better than Ray Bork. 
I would probably agree with that. I, th- I think it would be an awesome story. I'd love to see him go somewhere and win a cup, man. That, that, I would, I would, as crazy as it sounds, I, I actually want to see Lundqvist go to a team and win a cup more than I want to see the Rangers win another cup, to be honest with you. And I know that's crazy talk, but it's, for me, it's pretty accurate. So, yeah, we're, I, I, look, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, at the same time, what's going on with Georgiev? Why are they not playing him more and more regularly? You would think they would want to showcase him ahead of the deadline, but he's in this three, like this three-headed monster that some fans are calling it with the three goalies. Is it really working out for any of them? No, this is a weird situation all around. I think at one point there were, Lundqvist had like twenty-two days between starts. Yeah, that's that's and that's not good for him. No. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens three weeks to go until the deadline. Um, the Lundqvist Carolina story came out of the blue. It's very interesting to at least follow. I don't think it's very likely. I don't think it's likely at all. If it happens, it's going to be one of the, um, how do I say this? One of the least expected trades ever. Okay. Because if you think if if you think about Lundqvist waving his no move clause, you would think he would wave it for a team like the Boston Bruins. Like if the Boston, yeah. if Tuka Rask is out for the season, and the Boston Bruins are interested in trading for Henrik Lundqvist to you know go for it because the rest of their team is solid, or if the Washington Capitals have to go the rest of the season without Braden Holtby because of a season-ending injury, those yeah, are the- I can see that. Those are the type of teams that you would expect if Lundqvist would waive his no-move clause. And those are the teams you expect, not the Carolina Hurricanes. As fun as they are to watch, it's just not a team where, where I would ever see him. I mean, not from a status point of view, but, but like that team, is that's basically what they need. Yeah, I mean, they, need, they, need, they need him more than... I think, I think the two teams that I consider and say are, are desperate for him are the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Those two franchises could desperately use Hank. Um, yeah. And there's probably another team or two, but those teams like stand out to me. I yeah, I don't, don't think he's ever gonna wave. I don't think the Maple Leafs can afford him cap wise, but they could if they got creative, they probably could. But, you know, I mean, we could also eat a ton, we could eat money. They can get creative. I mean, there could be ways around it. I think it would be more likely if this was his final year, but there's still another season on this contract. So, yeah, fair enough. All right, so let's move on to some. Um, uh, did, did you want to touch on Georgia again to Toronto, or should we just like? I mean, we've talked about that earlier, so. Yeah, no, uh, we said everything we could possibly say about Georgiev. I mean, I mean uh, everyone knows the situation. It's just waiting for um, for you know. Gordon and what's what's G, what's Toronto's GM again? Oh, um, wow. Kyle Dumbass. Kyle Dumas. Kyle Dumas. You said Dumas. dumbass. <laughs> you said Kyle Dumbass. No, if it if it anything, he's anything but a dumbass. No, but when I see his name, I always think of. You know what I think of when I see his last name? <clears throat> this scene from the Shawshank Redemption. You you've seen the Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Right? There's this scene where they are, uh, um, where they are rebuilding the library, and they get this donation, like these boxes full of books, <clears throat> and they're going through the books, and this this one prisoner who's probably like illiterate or you know dyslexic or whatever, he's looking at one of the books and he goes, "The Count of Monte Crisco," and then Morgan <laughs> goes, "It's Cristo," <laughs> and, and he turns around and he goes. By Alexandre Dumas. <laughs> Dumas. And they all start laughing. So every time I see his last name pop up in like like in a news like an article or whatever or a tweet, my mind goes immediately back to that scene in the Shawshank Redemption. I immediately think dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. right, so let's yeah, let's talk about so then let's move on to let's just talk about the, the, the prospect stuff. Prospect Talk. (laughs) 
So, so give me a little uh, spiel on on, Ken, on um, Henriksen. Well, Carl Henriksen has had an uh, interesting uh, couple of weeks. Um, you know, second round pick last year for the Rangers, uh, center from Sweden, uh, played for Frölunda earlier in the season. He was um, playing in the Traverse City tournament, which at the time I had to look it up because I thought that was that was like unprecedented that a European player participates in the Traverse City tournament without being under contract. And I went all the way back to 2005. And as far as I can tell, uh, Carl Henriksen was indeed the first European player to represent the New York Rangers in Traverse City without being under contract. Mm. So <clears throat> the Rangers obviously see something in him to keep him on the team that long, like in, in preseason. He ended up missing some Champions Hockey League group games. Uh, not a big deal, but. You know, it it would have been a fun experience for him, you know, to travel to Austria and the Czech Republic and Switzerland, whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, he was uh, he was loaned out to Södertälje in Allsvenskan, the second tier of Swedish hockey. Uh, and after the World Juniors, he came back to Frölunda, played a couple of games on the top line with Joel Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist's twin brother. Um, <clears throat> recorded his first uh, Swedish hockey league point with a great pass. Uh, last week, and then this week on Tuesday, um, he actually played in the Champions Hockey League final. Uh, oh. For people who don't know, the Champions Hockey League is basically like the soccer Champions League. Um, <clears throat> you have teams from uh, the, the the big leagues like Sweden, Finland, Czech Republic, uh, Switzerland, Germany, Austria, and then some teams from the smaller hockey countries like Belarus, Norway. There's a team from France. Uh, the champion of the United Kingdom is in it, uh, and I think a Bulgarian team as well. Um, and you know they have like a group stage and a, uh, a second round, quarterfinal, semifinals, and a final. Foluna played in the final on Tuesday, and they actually won the final three-one. So they are officially like European club champions of hockey. Um, Henrik uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Carl Henriksen turned yes, yes. all these all these Swedish names, man. Henriksen and Henrik Lundqvist and Eric Carlson and Carl Henriksen. It's it's very confusing at times. Yeah, too many too many Swedes. Oh no, but it's all the, the, the you know those names are all the same. And next next season we'll get Niels Lundqvist with a K, and we're gonna have to hear Sam Rosen say how he's not related to Henrik Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Carl Henriksen played in that game yesterday, uh, won, won the, uh, the final, got a medal, everything, and the day after, today, is his 19th birthday. So he's had a pretty good, pretty good week. Um, Frolunda is, is battling with some injuries, so there's a chance that he might play some, some more games, uh, some more good minutes in the Swedish Hockey League for them. So good for him. Um, then, of course, um, the other thing that I think I brought it up last week, Nils Lundqvist and Lori Pajuniemi will play for their senior national teams, their men's right. national teams this week in the, uh, the Swedish tournament that's part of the Euro Hockey Tour. Um, and what I found interesting myself... Uh, Pajuniemi has that. He's had a really good year, man. Who? Um, Pajuniemi. Pajuniemi has had a great season so far. He's, he's ranked second in the Finnish league in goals. Um, and he's on pace to score the most goals for his team since the year 2000. It's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the other thing, you know, because there's, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to defensive prospects. Everyone talks about Lundqvist and Keandre Miller. And rightfully so, and Adam Fox in New York, and Joey Keane, and Diego Rinkov in Hartford. But there are two defensemen, Ranger prospects, in college at the moment, who uh, both rank uh, top 10 among freshman defensemen in points. Uh, one is Zach Jones, a third-round pick last year. And who's the other one? The other one is Simon Schelberg, who is the son of Ranger scout Patrick Schelberg, uh, who was drafted in 2018 in, I think, the fifth or sixth round. 
not entirely sure on, on which round it was. <clears throat> Played in the USHL for a year and then is now a freshman in college. Um, so yeah, the, the, the prospect pool is, uh, is, is doing pretty well. And then of course you have Matthew Robertson in the OHL for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, who's I think he had like nine points in the last six games. So when it comes to production, and that's sometimes the only thing we can go on for these prospects, because especially for me, I don't I, I don't really have the opportunity to watch college hockey games. Um, but yeah, it's looking good so far. I think the 2018 and 2019 draft are looking very strong for the Rangers, even outside of the first round. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that was basically it. There's one more thing I actually wanted to uh, to bring up with you. Um, <clears throat> I just I was just curious how you feel about hits in hockey. Well, uh, you know, um, in terms of in terms of what, like the stat. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you think it's useless? Do you think it's useful? Oh, as a, as a stat. As a stat, yes. As a stat, it's stupid. Why is it stupid? I mean, like, who cares how many times you hit somebody? Like, I think the thing is, is that the number of hits that you that you that you have in a game aren't as important as the quality of uh, the quality of the hits and when they're done. And that's exactly because, what uh, because a hit a hit is a hit. Uh, no, no, check. You know, this is a this is a full contact sport. So so okay. hitting and checking is is a very 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 big part of the game. But like, if 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 you tell me one guy had like you know seven hits during the game, I'm like, okay, but. What about that one hit that, like, you know, knocked the puck loose and we got an odd man rush out of it? Or one that, you know, broke up a play? Or one that, you know, jarred a puck loose? Like, I think that's more important. Or one that kind of intervened and, and, and stopped, a, a, you know, a, a potential uh, big play. Okay. Like, that's and, way more important. Mm-hmm. I think quality rather than, you know, and, and I don't know, like, I wish there would be a metric how we can, uh, how we can start, you know, analytically looking at like quality hits because quality to me is more important just like shots on goal like i i i don't like the idea of like oh well the shots on goal there's a difference between a high danger shot and a low danger shot you're taking a shot from like the blue line yeah you're taking a shot from five to seven feet away man that is a that 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 to me you stop that that's big that's a big deal all right see this is actually where i wanted to go and i was just curious how you felt about it because hits in general don't really don't really tell the whole story um, and you know how I sometimes think about, you know, how we can improve the game of hockey and, and, you know, like the, um, the salary cap discount idea I had a few weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was thinking about this, you know, hits statistic. Um, and with, you know, it's 2020, uh, we're able to track everything in hockey games these days. We're isn't able that, to, isn't that the truth? We, we have, there's a stat for everything. There's expected goals against, expected goals for. There's, there's literally, there's a stat for everything. How They calculate high danger, low danger, and medium danger shots based on where you shoot from and blah, blah, blah. So they should be able to track the following. What I want to see is actually a hits plus minus, if you will. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. I think a positive hit is a hit that that leads to puck possession. Yeah, I would agree with that. And a negative hit, so a hit minus, is a hit that leads to puck possession for your opponent. Hmm. Because if you hit a player and the puck ends up with the opponent, you're out of position. That's true. The yeah, only true. way a hit makes sense for you as a player is if it leads to a turnover, if it leads to your team ending up with the puck. So what I would like to see, and I don't know if it maybe it even exists, but I haven't ever, I don't think I've ever seen it. I would like to see a hit plus minus and maybe even a hit percentage. Where if you let's say you have 25 hits over the course of a few games, and 15 of them uh, turn into puck possession for your team and 10 of them don't, then your hit percentage your, your would be 60%. Anything above 50% is a positive. Every, anything below 50 is a negative. Yeah. That I you know what? You know what? Um, I'd like to ask Drew to figure something out. That, 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 that dude would figure something out. 
I mean, you, you know, should ask Drew to be like, hey, can you come up with some kind of analytics for, for hits? That would be kind of cool. I have to be a metric for it because I'm, I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, oh, this guy had seven hits this game. Yeah, so? You know, yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot of them could, be, could have been absolutely pointless. Yeah. Um, you know, like, hits, hits, like, in a vacuum, a hit is meaningless. I would say yeah, plus because, you, because you, need, you, need, you need contacts with it. I would say the plus minus stat, which I hate. I think the plus minus stat is more relevant than than the hits. Uh wow, that's a hot take and a half. <sighs> yeah, I mean, prove me wrong, man. Change my mind. <laughs> ooh, um, ooh, uh, <laughs> change my mind. Again. I'm, I'm, I'll be, all right, all right. I mean, like, so, so, so you're telling. I mean, I know you, your analysis is going to be something along the line of like, well, the, the you know, the hit doesn't, you know, like hits plus and minus, and then you got the, you know, is how 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 much of an impact is as opposed to the player who you know um, is on one side of the ice and then another and, and then a goal score that has nothing to do with them. They're really both they both can be misleading. Of course, I I just think that the hits that as we have it as of today. Is the most useless stat in hockey. I'm still going to say plus minus is more, more useless. You can be an effective player without ever throwing a hit. Do you remember the game the Rangers? Oh, I, I agree with that. You don't. You can never throw a body check ever in yeah. hockey and be very effective. Yeah. Do, do you remember the game against the Buffalo Sabers where Panarin poke checked Darlene in in their zone and then had a breakaway? Why do I not remember that? Oh. I'm pretty sure some people that are listening to this will remember that. Okay. Darling was scaling the puck up the ice, and Panarin poke-checked the puck away and had a breakaway and scored on that. that that's oh, a, yes, yes. I do remember that now. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's a play that happens without a hit. You don't need a hit. It, like in, in, in the sense of what a hit is as of today, the stat hits. You don't need hits. And I would I would completely agree with that. I just want a like an advanced analytics on hits, a plus minus, if you will. Give me that, and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, that can be kind of cool. I actually think I dig that. I dig that. Because I right, so, I, I guarantee you, Michael Haley's hit percentage will be below fifty. I oh, guarantee you. I don't think I think it's going to be way below fifty. I think it's going to be like thirty five percent or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So let's uh, any any last question before we wrap up today? Um, not really. I mean, it's, it was it was aside from the three games, it was a quiet week. No real trade talk. Um, no 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 weird injuries on the team aside from the Kreider thing, which didn't turn out to be that bad because he was day to day the next morning. Um, maybe maybe quickly touch on the fact that Panarin hit seventy points and it's only February. Hey, yeah, he's gonna. He, you know, honestly, he's gonna cruise to a hundred. I think he is. Yep. Which is absolutely bonkers to me. I think the uh, the Rangers. I think we went over this a few weeks ago. They only had like six or seven players ever hitting a hundred points in a single season. Yeah, and it's so it's so bonkers how like I mean the, the dude is just an absolute stud, man. There's just nothing else to say. He is incredible to watch. Like the, the, he is literally the only thing, if you think about it, saving like this season in terms of like viewership and being watching the games. And be like, ah, at least I'm somewhat entertained. Like the guy is just absolutely incredible. He 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 is what he is honestly what the Rangers were missing when they when they were running for a cup. Um. Yes. When Panarin only came over to the NHL in 2015, by then our window had already closed. Yeah, no, I'm not saying we should have had him then. I'm just saying he's the kind of player we were missing back then. But if, let's, let's just say a hypothetical, if Panarin decides to go, come over to the NHL in 2014 and he doesn't sign with the Blackhawks, but he signs with the Rangers, and the 2014-15 season, we have Panarin on the team. Right. And this is Panarin on an entry-level contract. So... There's no cap implications. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to worry about the money. This is Artemi Panarin as a rookie on an entry-level contract. A player that has never scored fewer than 70 points in an NHL season. Yeah. 
um, I think we cruise to the cup that season if that happens. If we, oh, if, we yeah. have, if we have 2014 Panarin on our team in that season, yeah, it's not even a question. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything. Um, Panarin is I th- Panarin is a top five player in the world, and he's a Ranger, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, yeah, we should be. I mean, it's just it's just incredible to watch. You know what I mean? Like, really is. It's just it's just it's 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 incredible to watch. There's no there's nothing else to say about it. It's just incredible to watch. Yeah. Uh, oh, Capo Caco got a point. Yeah, he's having a an interesting season to say the least, right? Uh, we can all agree on that one. I think I think disappointing is the right word to use here. Well, that, that's what I meant by interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I was just trying uh, to use another word. Look, let's 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 be honest here. I expected more from him. Yeah, I did too. Um, I expected a lot more from him. I, I mean, would, you know, I was I was I was expecting us to be a a a, a lottery team. But I was also expecting Capo Caco to be one of the positives in a season of misery. Yeah. I was expecting Panarin, Zibanejad, and Caco to be the, uh, you know, the, 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 the players that would make watching the games bearable. But instead, I've been pleasantly surprised by Adam Fox. Adam Fox is made up for a lot of things. I'll say this. I was wrong about Adam Fox. When we traded for Adam Fox, I was skeptical. I, I, I wasn't sure if he, was, if he was going to have an impact in the NHL. Yeah. And there was this, this, this trade condition for the second round pick that if he played more than 30 games, the third round pick in, in 2020 would become a second round pick for Carolina. And early in the season, like before like game one or game two, I was like, yeah, if, if, if he falls off a cliff, like end of October, just send him to Hartford and keep the second round pick. Right. But well, it never he's, happened. But he's been killing it, so. It never happened. And if Kill McCarr and Quinn, I just want to say this. If Kill McCarr and Quinn Hughes were not in the league, Adam Fox would be the front runner for the Calder. I guarantee oh, you. Oh, yeah. I completely agree with that. The only reason Adam Fox is not winning the Calder is because there are two other rookie defensemen who are even better. Yep, that's exactly right. Because I think I think I looked it up since the year 2000, and I actually went back further. I think since 1997, Adam Fox ranks sixth in uh, points after 50 NHL games by a rookie defenseman. Jeez, that's incredible, man. That's, that's absolutely, incredible. Yeah. absolutely incredible. Number one and two, Quinn Hughes and Kel McCarr. Number three, Dion Phaneuf. That's absolutely incredible. Other players in the top 10 include um, Zach Wierenski, Kevin Shattenkirk, Mikhail Sergachev, and Tyler Myers. <laughs> There's a name I never expected to show up when I was researching that. But <laughs> Right. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall I've been pretty happy with, with Fox, Panarin, Zibanejad, and I'm going to throw Strom in there as well. Important player for, for a guy that we didn't even think was, was going to be a second-line center. Yeah, no, he's actually been okay. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard for me to criticize him, really. But um, man, I, I want to, you know, but it's hard to because he's actually been he's been okay. Mm-hmm. He's been good. So oh, it's hard for me to criticize Strom. Of course, D'Angelo was forty points. Let's not forget about him. Well, D'Angelo, I always thought would have a good season no matter what. The guy, the, the kid's talented. Strom really is just. I mean, he's playing well. I mean, I, now do I know if this is? I, I don't know what to what I would expect from him down the road. I just I, I think some of his production tends to be, you know, on the backbone of the players he's playing with. But even still, he's been he's been good. Even still, he's been good. Yep. So I, I I can't can't say anything about that. You know, it's just what it is. Um. I, one question for you before we uh, before we end this. All right. Um, what's your opinion on Brady Shea this season? Mixed, up and down. I don't think he's been as bad as people say, and I don't think he's been good. 
Okay. I think he's I think he's had games where he looks really good, and I think he's had games where he completely looks bad. Like the the thing is, he can be okay the whole game, and he has one awful play that usually that can lead to a goal, and it, and I think people you know like hyper focus on that. Yeah, that that one mistake that leads to a goal against is is the thing that sticks for fans. A- exactly, and then if you look at it, like let's say let's say he played. I don't know, 20 minutes that night, right? He might have played like literally 17 great minutes, but that one shift, you know, he, he made a really bad mistake and it led to a goal. And that's just so glaring. And like it's the shot, the, the spotlight gets shined on that really hard. And, and that's unfortunate because he's been, he's been good. It's just that he's, the moments he's had where he's been bad, they just get, you know, they're just, they've just been really bad when they lead to goals. It's not yeah. like, it's not like they they were bad and then like, you know, somebody covered up for them. It's like they're bad and they lead to goals, unfortunately. So, um, but I, I don't, I, I think he's, I, I think he's good in the sense of like, I think he's a very good, you know, um, second pair defenseman. Oh, no. I mean, he, he is, like. he is a good second pair defenseman and he was paid like a second pair defenseman, but the Rangers don't have a first pair defenseman on the left side. So he's forced to play against tougher opposition, which exposes his shortcomings, his limitations. I think that's fair. That but if totally you put fair. him, if let, let's just say we we somehow in a magic trade acquire a uh, a top pair defenseman on the left side, um, and like like who? Give me give me some give me some examples. Um, I don't know. Um, let me think. Um, I'm really putting you on the spot here. Let's just say we acquire Miro Heiskanen from the Dallas Stars in like uh, this phantom trade. That's it's never going to happen, but yeah. just for argument's sake, you know, just okay. for this scenario, okay. you have Heiskanen and Truba on the top pair. Yep, and then you have Shea and Fox on the second pair. That's an incredible. That's an incredible one-two and one-two. In that role, Brady Shea can be very successful, and he is not paid to be a top pair defenseman. No, he's paid to be a second pair defenseman, which is what he's been. He's expected. I think, I, I think we're asking him to do too much. He's expected to be a top pair defenseman because we don't have anyone. Yeah, I it's think like, that's. It's, it's like putting Brandon Lemieux on the top line and complain that he doesn't score forty goals. Yeah, exactly, and you can't do that, and and that would be unfair to Brandon Lemieux. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think Shea has been as bad as people think he is, um, but I also think he can be better. I don't see a reason to trade him, to be honest. Um, oh no! I, I I think anyone who wants to trade him, I think, is just they're they're um, they're being uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're 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 overreacting. Oh, but overreactions is what sports fans do, man. That's yeah. Oh, well, I mean that <laughs> that's true. But yeah, I mean, he signed for five point two million for another four years after this season. He, I don't think he's going anywhere. No, and that's nothing when you when you're talking about a second pair defenseman. It's it's that's that's market value for a second pairing. Yeah, I, matter of fact, I think if I think if we didn't get him, then we might might have owed more. Yeah, and this is I I want to give Gordon credit here because I've said for years that the Rangers should steer clear of bridge deals uh, and should take more risks when it comes to extending players, because for years. We've had players who signed a bridge deal and then were stuck with this fat contract until they're 32 or 33. Yep. We we gave Mark Stahl a bridge deal. We gave Derek Stepan a bridge deal. We gave Chris Kreider a bridge deal. And look where we are with Chris Kreider. If they would have yep. committed to Chris Kreider, and yeah, you take a little bit of a risk, but if they would have committed to Chris Kreider, we would have him on a contract for three more years by now. Yeah. And he'd be perfect. For the Rangers in the current situation. And this is how the Nashville Predators managed to put a defense together that's among the best in the league. Relatively cheap. You have Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm, uh, um, uh, Ryan Ellis, and who's the fourth one? It doesn't even matter at that point. It doesn't matter. I mean, each one of those defensemen would be on the top pair with the Rangers. (coughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. And... The Nashville Predators had so many defensemen that they were able to trade away Seth Jones, which you, know, you can argue was a mistake because they only got Ryan Johansson for him. 
but they had so much depth on defense that they were able to, to make that trade. And their defense has been very cheap because they commit to the right players right after their entry-level contract. And Jeff Gordon with Brady Shea decided to commit to him instead of going for a bridge deal. And which, it may, which, is the smart, which is the smart play. It is. And it may, it may not work out. We don't know. But I'm, I'll, I'll guarantee you, in a year or two from now, that contract is going to be a steal for a second pair defenseman. I completely agree. Completely Instead agree. of giving him a bridge deal and then signing him for an extension that where he earns seven million a year. So I want to I want to give Gordon credit for skipping on the bridge deal in the case of Brady Shea. I think that's a fair point. Very fair point. All right, I think we've hit everything. I mean, there's nothing really else to say. I mean, you know, uh, let's see what happens with Toronto tonight. Um, and let's what's, just, I what's, mean the, the, what's your prediction for tonight? Ah, they're gonna get smoked. Toronto? They're gonna get, they're gonna get absolutely smoked tonight. Where's Shash Jorkin? It's gonna be a what's up? Where's Shash Jorkin in that? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like the rock, like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter, dude. Okay, prediction. What's the score gonna be? I don't know. Six one, six two. Six one Toronto. Yeah, probably. Maybe seven two. And you smoke, dude. They're gonna be done by the second by this by the second quarter. Oh, second quarter. I mean, I'm like I'm, I'm I'm I've been watching too much too much uh, basketball. They're gonna be done by the by by the uh, second period, dude. Look, I think I think they're going to be trailing four one. We come back to four four, and then we lose six four in the third period. Nah, I think they get. I think they just get absolutely smoked. We'll see. I mean, the games against Toronto are always hard to call. That's true. Uh, that is true. Well, we got, like I said, we got, we still got, you know, what about two more weeks left until the trade deadline. So let's see what goes on. Yeah. Two, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, it'll well, be yeah, cause it's, it's, it's the 24th. So it's, I mean, like I said, two weeks and then we'll probably have some more chatter. I mean, like things might go down to the wire, but you know, it's two weeks, at, you know? Yeah. All right. Two and a half well, weeks. So really, really everything's going to be pretty quiet until then, unless, the, unless the Rangers make a move. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It was fun talking to you again. As always. Yes, you too, my brother. And um, I'll talk to you again next week. All right, sounds good. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens over the next couple of days. Let's see how many games we can lose. And let's tank on, boys. Oh, tank on. Oof. Tank you on. Can, you're going to annoy some people with that. but all right. I don't give a fuck. Tank on. <laughs> just roll that tank right into the garden. I want to uh, be on top of the tank with like a, a big flag. Like just waving the white flag. Tank. Tank all the games. Let's get Never. that top 10 pick. That's all I care about, dude. You want to be a fucking team? You, I mean, you want to be competitive in this NHL? You just need more players. Like, you can't just be satisfied. Oh, we had, we had one guy that was a top, top two pick. No. You want, to be like, you want to be like Edmonton, actually, and have a plethora of them. I mean, Edmonton, you don't want to be like them in terms of the way they do business, but you want to be them in terms of luck of the draw. Yeah. See, my, my, my nightmare scenario is that we turn into another mediocre wild. I mean, Minnesota wild. No, I, I don't think that's the plan for the Rangers. I no, really it's, it's, never, it's never the plan. The Minnesota well didn't 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 plan on being shit for a decade. They didn't plan this. Sometimes but I think they did. <laughs> it, it it happened, and they, they put themselves in a position where they had to where they they had to give away Alex Tuck, so they didn't have to lose Matt Dumba in the expansion draft. The Minnesota Wild is like the blueprint of what not to do in the NHL. Yeah, yeah that's probably true. It's, 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 it's sad for the state of hockey to have a team that has been that badly managed over, like, for over a decade now. Yeah. Those, those, and this is the last thing I'll say before we hang up, but those contracts they gave to Parisi and Suter. Oh, geez, that's so bad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They have seven years to go. That is, that is really, really fucking rough. You know how we, how we always say about Brent Seabrook being the worst contract in the league? No, it's not even close. At least it's only five more years. Oh, but yeah, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, seven more years. Oh, jeez. Yeah. They will be paid as long as Rick DiPietro and Brad Richards. Oh, that is so horrendous to think about. Yep. 
Anyway, uh, I give you <laughs> to think about for the next couple of days. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that that sounds like fun. Oh, all right, be good, my dude. Let's talk next week. All right, all right.